And it's the Titterpigs, the RPG podcast. Am I getting paid for this one? Listeners, we are back, and tonight we are going to talk about the 2023 Ennies and what our predictions are uh, for winners in each of the categories. Well, I will preface this entire episode by saying we are not going to do 100% of the categories. We have elected to eliminate a few of them uh, for brevity reasons, and if our guests, who Scott will introduce momentarily, have anything to add in one of the uh, five categories that we are going to pass over, they're They'll have the mic and they can, you know, have their say. And uh, yeah, it, it it is that time of the year again. It It, it is the the voting is in effect uh, for the 2023 nepotism awards um, where, you know, the the voting decision isn't necessarily based on the merit of the product, but more so on who, you know, the size of your fan base. And if the people who are voting actually give a flying fuck about the categories and the people they're in so yes hold on point of order on. is that is that really nepotism though because like it's not family related uh look at the def- definition of nepotism it's not necessarily family related it's just anyone in power anyone in power who is sharing that power to provide a step up into pretty much anything uh but no i i say that as a tongue-in-cheek joke but uh we we all know you know that uh that that's something that we may get into a little bit here in just a minute but first i'd like to introduce uh, this year's special guests who are here with us to discuss their predictions also and, you know, maybe have a light, light discussion, a little debate, you know, nothing serious, no arguing, you know, just just a little tit for tat as we go down these categories and and agree to disagree on uh, on our picks and uh, not not uh, debase name calling and let it, you know, devolve into, uh, you know, a little more of a, uh, uh, oh, what's the term I'm looking for? Um, a duel at high noon tomorrow? Exactly. A giant trash fire. Uh, but anyways, I, I digress again. So with us this year for our 2023 Any Picks is uh, we have James Stroker and Lloyd uh, Gahan or Gahan Lloyd. I always mispronounce that. Yes. What? Drucker. I, I, I appreciate that you apologize for my name being mispronounced, actually. That's more important than the way you mispronounced James's last name. <laughs> way better for me. Please, please. Thank you, Lloyd. You're welcome. I, right. I heard it. And I was like, <laughs> stand up. Well, then I, I will actually hand it over then and let our guests introduce themselves. So, so James, how about you go first? Uh, uh, yes, uh, James Drucker. Uh, that's okay, Scott. I forgive you. Right. Uh, because this this is this is one of those friendly podcasts. Yeah. Um. Uh. I'm I'm a writer in the space. I've worked with Sons of Singularity. Um. And I've been working with uh, Alex Galat from Critical Hit Publishing, making uh, scenarios uh, and starting to do some of my own things. And I just kind of hang around different places and you know make fun of myself and uh, talk about RPGs and 
that somehow got me an invite invite to this little shindig. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, welcome. Yeah, welcome. I'm glad welcome. to be here. Yeah, this is fantastic. And Lloyd, how about you? Hi, I'm here because we don't want to have three white people talking about podcast nonsense. So that's what I'm here for. Thank you very much for having me on. I really appreciate it. I'm glad that you decided to have some color to your podcast after all this time. Really glad to help out. I'm also here because I actually do care about the Emmys and it matters to me how the voting goes through. And I'm not about to sit there and be like, oh, no, nepotism, because sometimes people just want to vote about things to have fun with. You know? So with that, I think um, uh, Keith, uh, we would like to have a you know a little bit of a roundabout before we get into the actual pick. So what is it that we're going to do now? We're going to start with uh, just a general discussion about the Ennies, um, the good, the bad, maybe the ugly. Peel back the onion a little bit, just for a few minutes, just to give context to everything, and then I'll guide us through the categories. And all of us have the 2023 Ennies nominees up on our screens. So we're not going to oh, read them out to you, but we do have them up and we're going to go around the room um, as it were. And we're each going to pick our number one winner for that category, you know, in a given category. So Scott and I and our guests are free to inject some commentary to go along with that, to qualify their their positions. So hopefully it won't lead to dumpster fires and duels at high noon tomorrow because I can only be shot once. Remember that, guys. <laughs> Well, mine and Lloyd's duel isn't planned till like next week, is it? At least. <laughs> okay, that's cool. So, talking about the Ennies as a whole. Now, mm-hmm. I know the four of us have varied opinions on on the whole Ennies voting nominee process and voting and all of that. I know this year there was some, I don't want to call it controversy, but a little, little wave making on the on one particular category, just to give some context, was the was it the best podcast? Yeah, category? that's one of them. Yeah, yep. yeah. I just pulled it up. Best podcast of the five nominees: four are actual plays, and one is a um, popular YouTube. popular YouTube channel. Okay, there you go. None of which, in their native form, are podcasts. So there's there's a little weirdness with uh moving forward i don't know about last year i don't recall this from last year because there was some actual podcasts in that category in their Mm -hmm. native form this year there are none however in the the vote uh the nominee criteria these all do qualify under that banner so that's that's like one of the weird things with the with the ennies in my opinion just just needs to be renamed is all i think is is the the problem it's like best media it is odd because the the naming convention of the category is what it is. But mm-hmm. if you do a little bit of deep diving, because it's not particularly clear on the page, there are subcategories and definitions built within the name. Uh, but you, it doesn't stand out, and you actually have to go into different different areas of the website. Uh, primarily, I think when when the nominees were established, when you were voting for the nominees. Um, or, you know, pushing because uh, uh, maybe touch on that after I'm done here, Keith, on like how the you know the nominees get in there is the actual definition. It's podcast and then underneath subcategory digital media, blah, 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 blah. And that's the same for the other category. So it can be a bit, you know, misleading, but it doesn't necessarily take away from the merit of, you know, the product, so to speak, because uh, they right. all you know are equally good. It's just it's, it's a bit confusing. It's like um uh, what was it years and years ago when um, 
I forget who who the band was, but when a band won an award for like best heavy metal and it was like Neil Diamond or some nonsense like that, because, you know, something like that, where it's just like, how the hell did this get here when it, you know, it's better fitted elsewhere. Uh, and I, I know yeah. someone's going to be screaming, no, it was actually this, but something like that actually happened. But, I, but Keith, mm-hmm. I'd like to talk about this a little bit more, actually. Go ahead. Yeah, please. The problem is that we are going to have to stretch a lot more on the definition of what a podcast is. Mm-hmm. If we are only limited, what, what is categorically what people are calling a podcast? Is it people turn up and talk about the game games? People turn up and talk about emails about gaming? People turn up and talk about the games they're playing. People turn up and talk about g- things that happen in RPG community. People talk up and play a game. Like we have not established what podcasts mean at any point in mm-hmm. the entire history of podcasting for gaming. Actual plays, not actual plays. Hell, YouTube videos is like the only one that we could all go. Hang on, okay, hold up. No, not, like no, that <laughs> that I can put my foot down. And be like, no, that is definitely not a podcast. That's on well, that's- YouTube with visual. I'm yeah, like, that's right. the only time I can be like that. I am putting my foot down going, not a podcast. It's a visual medium. Yeah. Right. The biggest problem we have is all of these other shows, except Self-Kokowski, I'm really sorry, count as podcasts. Yeah. Right? They all do. Every single one of them does. So it makes sense that in that category, there might be live yeah. action. So but hold on, hold on. Let's let's hold things in. This is going to be probably be our first debate in dumpster fire of the whole thing. So I've got my cell phone for listeners. I have my cell phone in my hand, and I use like Podbean and and Spotify and several other apps to listen to podcasts. Podcasts are something that you only listen to in audio format through like a some type of either app or directly from a website. All mm-hmm. of those categories into those actual plays they are from live streams they are you know they're not native to the like this is a native podcast we don't we don't release it in any other category or any other form first but is that a requirement to because it's still being released as a podcast and it can still have quality without the video well also that's not true a lot of these things are available to download and listen to separately not I agree. So let's like Call of Cthulhu Bookshops of Arkham. Mm-hmm. That is that is a video stream that mm-hmm. is then converted if it's even converted because I don't know because I didn't it's not a thing that I'm listening to. I don't know that it's available to download just in audio later. If it's available to watch on YouTube and Twitch later, that's still not at least in my own my own mind, that's not a podcast. It's not an but audio it- specific format. But it is converted into an audio-specific format that you can listen to as a podcast. Fair. And and I have no problem with that. But the definition best podcast, it itself is not a podcast. It is a, at best, it's a vlog. Well, be, before we get too much further into that, I mean, the, the prior category to that is best organized play. As far as I, I can tell, those are all, you know, live stream actual plays. But why again why doesn't the the best actors at the at the oscars win best picture because if they're the best a- actors they are therefore i.e the picture should be the best there is why why are these actual plays not in the best organized play category you know so it, I, is i will say though best organized play i just selected two of them just just for context mm-hmm. and they bring up the actual module you can purchase or download for free whichever they are from the dm's guild so okay 
They are product. They are not. They are organized play scenarios. They're okay. not organized play programs. Okay. So yeah. again, there's scenarios you know, within programs. Not yes. just looking at the title of the categories are going to be misleading for for some of them. Some of them are straight up. Okay, this makes sense. Others are you know you just it's and it's no stretch. I know what Lloyd's saying is yes. Um, right. Re- Technically speaking, any it's media. So, that, so that's the yeah. one I'm like, yeah. I can't yeah. save this one, man. I'm sorry. Yeah. I can't save you, bro. You're yeah. going down, bro. I, I took the heat for you, bro. I'm sorry. I got to go, bro. I'm sorry. But, it, it, I mean, if Seth, you know, provided his shows, you know, if there was a way to down those into an MP3 or MP4 format, then by the definition of what is a podcast, it would then qualify it. for it. Yeah. So, but. But sure. he doesn't because it doesn't make sense because his show, his, 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 is all know, visual. his channel is uh, almost a hundred percent visual. You know, yeah. you can listen so. to them, uh, but you're going to miss out on a lot of the things that, that he yeah. provides for that. Um, the way I see it until we qualify what counts as a podcast, which we are not going to do in any yeah. universe. No. All yeah. those things are even so gossip. All those things are viable. Right. I mean, it, fair. It, I was true. just voicing my my frustration with the category, and it's yeah. it's very broad brushstroke definition. Regardless of the popularity of this particular format of podcast, where you know it's generally you and me and guests talking about something that doesn't necessarily need any sort of visual media, right? The popularity of actual plays, whether it be video or audio format, are a thousand times more popular than than a bunch of people sitting around talking about yeah. anything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so going to listen to my voices. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, what do you guys? So, what do you guys say? We jump right into this and give our picks in the categories. And if you want to add any commentary to qualify your your pick, because let let's face it, this is a popularity contest of the products. I have not read every product on here. Hold on, Lloyd. I'll I'll, I'll let you talk in a second because <laughs> I know you and I have had this conversation before. My general, my my general conceit, and I'm going to posit the idea that the Ennies are nothing but, as Scott said, a nepotism project, and it's it's a popularity contest. Well, because if you well, don't be- know the name of a product, are you going to be bothered to go look it up and do your research before you vote? Some people will. Well, most some people will. I, I posit the the theory that most will not. You're gonna you're gonna vote for the things in ordered number numbered order from one to five based on what you know first, what you've seen, or what name you recognize. And then the others, be damned, you might vote, you might not. That's that's my general yes. operating theory since I've been voting on the Ennies for years. Now, okay. Seth, Seth released his 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 call for votes on, on yeah. his video channel the other day. And he mentioned an interesting thing, saying that he cared more about the fact that he got the nomination because he felt that that mattered more because it was chosen from from a bunch by a selected bunch of judges from how i've gathered it um and so this final list is probably more important as a collective as opposed to individuals that are being selected out uh and and i think i think that should definitely be taken into consideration um just as as for the value of all of the nominees here i think they all for the most part deserve to be here um so uh, arguing about you know the nepotistic elements and stuff after that it, it's 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 a valid conversation but uh I, these people still deserve um oh the, absolutely uh, well, it's Lloyd it's an award ceremony yeah 
it's yeah. an award ceremony. And then the, yeah. the, there's, there's not a single award ceremony out there that is not, you know, by the schoolyard definition, of, you know, a popularity contest, you know, the Pete, the peop, the most popular thing technically is going to win because they have the most people voting. That's just how it is. And whether it's good or not is, is secondary um, or whether it deserves it or not is a secondary aspect to that. But I do have a question, Keith, before we dive hold in, on, hold on. Uh, I think, yep. hold on. I think Lloyd has, a, has, wants to input oh, on this. Okay, go ahead. Oh, yeah. There is nothing more important than being a nomination mm-hmm. of an any when it comes to your product. Uh-huh. If you it doesn't matter what you say about the vote or anything else. You just got a billion eyes on your product on that one day. Yeah. Right. Which is why the most important thing you know is exactly who has put you on the area, which is why the most important category to me in all of the Ennies is the judges spotlight winners. Right. The judges spotlight winners is the most important category because it tells you exactly who has made the voting and what they like and what they do. Like any review website or any podcast with three white people talking about nonsense, you want to care about what their opinion is so you can judge based on what you know they like. If I turned up and I said, yo, this horror game is one of the best horror games I've played, you're going to go, yo. I know Lloyd doesn't play horror games. If Lloyd liked this horror game, knowing what Lloyd says, I'm going to give a look at that. Mm-hmm. If you look at the judges' spotlight winners, they tell you what kind of player and person they are. And and by looking at that, you can make an assumption as to what they would have picked from the list down there. And if you like someone's choices in the judges' spotlight winners, it is worth going in to look at all the other categories to see what has been voted up because that person has an influence to put it down the board. And that means that thing is worth your time if you like to be started with. Mm-hmm. That was all I wanted to say about the judges' spotlight winners before we move into the judges' spotlight winners. Yeah. Right. <laughs> okay. So Scott, you wanted to you wanted to add something before we jump into categories. No, no, I was just it was just essentially more nonsense into you know the definition of what an award ceremony is. But most people know it. I mean, it's it's no big deal. But as Lloyd said, it's not necessarily the you know it, it's not the ceremony itself. It's just the fact that you're there. You know, is is the biggest award that you can get. Um, oh, and, and if you happen if you happen to win, it's just you know it's a cherry on top. But yeah, that's the icing on the cake. So before you pop in, I just want to clarify for those who aren't aware, the judges spotlight winners. This is this is not going to be picks. These have already won. And so maybe at this point, we're just going to, you know, just touch on them uh, briefly just to see, you know, some we're familiar with and some are not. But I, I, I did a bit of homework and some I was familiar with before they even won. But uh, so I'll, I'm going to hand the reins back over to Keith. So this year, like every year, there are five. Uh, five core judges and those judges pick their favorite thing game out of all the entrants. And as Lloyd said, it kind of highlights not only what they like, but their, but their areas of interest and the types of games and the types of mechanics and art and everything that goes into what it is that they find fantastic about this hobby. And that is an indicator of why we have some of the things that we have as nominees in the other categories because those are the people that scrub through all of the entrants um to get to get us the general public down to the five in each of the main categories i'm not going to read them out but i mean some of these are quite telling some of these are interesting games i don't know most of them personally the the games um Mm -hmm. but i've looked them up and 
you know, there's there's quite quite interesting um, variety of games here. Yeah. So well, Lloyd looks like he's chomping at the bit. I know Lloyd loves the spotlight winner. So Lloyd, lay it on us. All right. So here's a word breakdown. We have two solo games that you play in your own in the Deadly Winners. We have one game that is a module that you can play Fifth Ed in. We have one game, which is the cool game about queer disco and cosmic horror. And we have Faycraft as the final choices. Now, these choices are very important in the way they lay out. One Breath Left, one breath left is very much a, um, it's like almost like a journaling game in its own way where you're reaching out and doing stuff. And it's very similar to the second game, Void 1680AM, which is a game where you're tuning through it. You're playing with cards and you're playing mechanics and telling a story from that from two separate solo games. For two separate solo games to be in the judges' Emmys, judges' spotlight yeah. winners, it's very important for the choices that are made further on. These are people who are like, I will game by myself if it can help me tell an interesting story. So they're interested in telling stories in their own way. We do have Moonlight of Disco, was it, is it Moonlight on Roosevelt, Roosevelt Beach? Roosevelt yeah, Beach. Like, which is like the wildest thing I've ever seen on this goddamn list. And I'm like, I don't even know what's going on with this thing, but it's a queer game of disco and cosmic horror. And I love it. I love I've that. I've seen it offered there. at the the most recent Weekend of Good Friends. And I I guess it met to, you know, good reviews and people enjoyed it. So, yo, Candace McAfee, I don't know who you are. You got, you got, let me discover something that's new and I'm looking forward to it. <laughs> Baycraft is not really my cup of tea, and neither was Dungeons of Drakenheim. Yeah. Because of the way they are. I'm not like Faycraft. I think mostly Faycraft is a generator, but I haven't actually properly looked at it. it is. I've only yeah. read the whole thing down. And it's about making characters and rolling dice and getting that to that. So we have someone who's given us ways to create, which is very important to hobby as well. So let's go over this category one more time. We yeah. have solo games, games for creation, um, a fifth ed module that kind of moves into itself, and Queer disco and cosmic horror. <laughs> this is what we start. This is the starting line <laughs> yeah. for how good the Emmys are going to get this year. I am ready. Yeah. So to, to tack on to that, the the Dungeons of Drakenheim is a fifth edition setting uh, created by, and again, they have a large fan base. They This is by the Dungeon Dudes, uh, who have a popular fifth edition YouTube channel. And this was kickstarted. Not and a it's, podcast, it, but a YouTube. Not channel. a podcast. No, exactly. <laughs> um, and and it it it's you know, the, it's their own personal uh, game. You know, it's their setting their game that they've been running through fifth for years. They package it up. And their their fans ate it up, and it was a you know popular popular Kickstarter for fifth edition people and fans of the show. Not really my thing. It, it's still it, it 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 does see, tend to be as interesting as it is. It is another kind of generic fantasy fifth edition setting yeah, with with a couple, you know, um, with sprinkles on top. The one that I'm the most interested in is the other solo game, the Void 1680 AM, which not only is it a solo game, but th the most interesting aspect about this one is uh, essentially the foundation that this creator is providing. So it's a solo game where you're you're generating, you're, you're essentially a broadcaster and you the best description I can say is you're you're a DJ and you're you're spinning songs, you're creating a story at this, you know, as your DJ, people are calling in, weird stuff happens. And so you you have this this ongoing story, but he's providing you a format to allow interaction between other fans of the game. 
So you can have actual real life people call in and record to your game. And ultimately, when all this is done, if you provide it to him, he's broadcasting it on channel 1680 AM because he has a radio tower that he's saving these these episodes that people are creating and broadcasting them. And likewise, a YouTube channel oh, where, nice. because because of the, you know, the, the biggest issue, of course, is is on YouTube. People, you know, you're encouraged to spin your own disc. So there's going to be copyright infringement. So so there, there's this live action uh, you know, interaction of the game that that is interesting, especially for a solo game because it's a solo game. You're playing by yourself. You're you're not necessarily interacting with other people, but it does provide you that aspect if you want to, but in an interesting format. So um, I, I can I can just looking at it and, and hearing about this. It's there's a good reason why I feel this one. Whoever picked this one, this there why this one was provided because. Solo games, solo games, solo games. They're all great. Gaining a popularity. There's tons of them out there and they each provide a different experience, but this provides something a little different uh, than just sitting down and journaling in your book and having a satisfying story and closing your journal and moving on to something else. So, uh, but the 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 other ones not quite as familiar with. But yeah, I, I agree. Just the this I this kind of this list is yeah, cool. just smacking yeah. you in the face going. Hey, this is going to be a wild ride. So get ready for all the rest of the stuff that's going to be coming out this year. Um, the only one I was familiar with was Faycraft, and it's not really up my alley to begin with. Mm -hmm. um, your description of Void sixteen eighty AM sounds like I mean turning turning a game into pretty much an art installation in its long form is yeah. really kind of fascinating. Yeah. Um, but I'm not a big fan of solo games. I play these games so they can play with other people. Um, so that's just my own personal thing. Um, I'm most interested in that moonlight on Roseville Beach. That sounds like a blast. <laughs> and already supported. Uh, just looking at it, they 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 have secondary setting, you know, books already being provided for it. So it it, it looks like not only is it a popular game, but it's always good to know that this is not one and done. They're providing stuff to allow you to carry on and, and enjoy the game beyond the the initial concept. Yeah. The only thing I I want to add is. Void 1680 AM. I knew a little bit about it and I'm intrigued by it. I didn't realize that you like you could spin your own discs or your own records and then send it in and it'll actually be aired. You know, that's that's yeah, that's unique and mm -hmm. that's quite intriguing. And then as I said, the Moonlight on Roseville Beach, uh, I've seen it at two, I think I've seen it at two virtual online conventions or events. And it's been well attended and well spoken about. So that obviously says a couple of things, you know, a, it's a good game Two, people are interested in it. And three, you know, there's an interest in this type of game and it's fantastic that this Candace McAfee highlighted it as their winner, their spotlight winner for this year. Yeah. So. Yeah. All right. Let's let's move on. Let's start. Let's jump into these categories because there's a Ooh, bunch to get to. And this is going to be good because this is that was er, everyone's a winner for the judge. The spotlight. awards. <laughs> this is the one you're, where you're going to see us give our own personal opinions. So, yes, let's, right. ooh, let's go. So first up is the best adventures category. So just for listeners, every category has five nominees for brevity reason. I'm not going to read out <laughs> what the nominees are, but. Uh, you can follow along on the 2023 nominees page at the Annie's website. And so best adventure, Lloyd, what do you think is going to be the winner? None. 
<laughs> Wrong answer, I'm sorry. Yeah. I cannot vote in my light conscience for what I wanted to get for, which is going to be Journeys to the Radiant Citadel, which is going to win no matter what, because it's a brilliant book. It's well designed. It looks great. The adventures are fantastic. And I've actually read through it, but I'm not an adventure guy. I can't judge any of these. I've gone through them all and I'm like, I can't, like, I want to be able to give an opinion about this bit. I really like Journey to the Radiant Citadel. But I can't give a fair opinion on any of these because I'm not really a best adventure kind of guy because I don't fair. play adventures. So I'm going to say Journey to Radiant Citadel because I love the book and the art and how it looks, but I don't think I'm being very fair on the other source. Okay, that's fair. James? Part of me agrees with Lloyd about Journey of the Radiant or the Radiant Citadel. Um, it'll be interesting to see how much backlash still exists against Wizards of the Coast right now um, when the voting comes down to that, because I think that's going to play a part in it, unfortunately, regardless of its quality. Um, but for my own part, um, if, I, if I'm going to, to wave a flag, it's going to be Vassin. I love Vassin. I love it to death. Um, it's a game that sticks to its guns 100%. Um, and Seasons of Mystery, well, it's not an individual adventure, obviously. It's a set of four. Um, it's absolutely fantastic. Um, so uh, I'll, I'll say Journeys is probably going to win, but my second choice would be Vassin. Okay. Scott? All right. So here we get into my first issue with, with the category thing again. Uh, oh, here we go. Best Buckle adventure. in, listeners. Best adventure. <laughs> a couple of these are core rule books, right? And the others are an anthology of adventures. Uh, so are the, these best adventures? Is this, a, is this adventure in this core rule book, you know, better than individual adventures out there, adventures that are out there category nitpicky nonsense aside, but that's the one where it's just like, this isn't a best adventure. These are all anthologies or core rule books with one mm -hmm. or more adventures in them. Uh, and they, and mind you, they all look good. Uh, the, the the Broken Tales one was the one that really caught my eye, not because of the adventure, but because it looks like an interesting book and it pops up again later in another category. That aside, uh, my regardless of whether Journey, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel is good or not, I, I haven't read it, um, but it does have the 500-pound the gorilla in the room supporting it. You know, so that's that's going to, in my opinion, that's going to win just because Wizards of the Coast. When was the last time Wizards of the Coast was on the Ennies? It's been years, right? Uh, yeah, uh, to my knowledge, it's been it's been years. But my pick is is with James. Uh, definitely Vason. Uh, it, it's it's a, it's a wonderful uh, addition to the ongoing Vason verse that they're creating. It's definitely different than the the one that takes place in Mythic Britain. Uh, it does, but it does continue to carry on with the Norwegian mythology. And all of them are wonderfully written and, you know, it's Vason artwork. So you're not going to get wrong with the, with the artwork. Uh, so they, that's, that's definitely going to be, be, be my pick. But as far as, but I'm going to just add here though, the unexpected wedding invitation does sound interesting, even though it is a fifth edition game. The, the idea of, you know, fifth edition is in Jane Austen. It's a Jane Austen type setting. Uh, it does seem like an interesting premise. I'm just not sure how a Jane Austen mystery is going to play out with fifth edition rules, but whatever. Okay. So yeah, basically. Um, my pick would be uh, like James and Scott is going to be, I think I, I want Vazen uh, Seasons of Mystery to win just because I like Vazen. I like the stories, the types of stories that it allows you to tell. 
I like the mechanics. I like everything about the game. Although I do think, uh, just as the popularity contest presses on, that um, Journeys Through the Radiant Citadel will be will be the winner. Uh, you know, that's the one that's in all the like the big the big box bookstores and all of that stuff. It's it's it, it's again, almost like it's really good. <laughs> I, I'm not saying that it's not good. Yeah, I know it's good. Right. It's not the- fifth edition. I use the term loosely. Vanilla from Watsy fifth edition products are not my cup of tea. That's not to say that they're bad in any way, shape, or form. Um, and Radiant Citadel is what what little I've read of it because I've skimmed through it when I'm at my local game store on numerous occasions. is very well written. It's got some great content. It's got a broad appeal. And if it wins, it deserves to win. Absolutely. Although personally, I like Vazen. More than I like fifth edition D and D, and that's why I want Vazen to win. Right, so. and and there are going to yeah, be people. Well. Go ahead, Lord. <laughs> yeah, well, beggars can't be choosers, so that's the way it is, baby. <laughs> but there, there's going to be fans of Vazen and fans of you know Watsy fifth edition who uh-huh. have not read either. Right. They're just going to click on what they know. Uh, but the oh thing my is, God. there's there's more there's more of them clicking on on that on the Watsy yeah. camp than there is in Vazen. So. Guys, guys, I love you both. I I do. I think you're great people. I would I might leave my firstborn children with you when I have kids. But could we please not circumvent every single category with, yeah, well, people are gonna vote for this because we've heard it more and elect the name for every category? <laughs> no, no, we won't. Yeah. This is the first category. That's the first category. Yeah. Literally, literally first category. Yeah, well, we're gonna vote for the one that they've heard about because we but like I get it. I got yeah. it the first time we had this okay, conversation. So- Let's not do that. That's out of the way, so it's going to be implied in everything else. So yeah, we won't oh. we won't, reha- we won't rehash that. <laughs> we won't rehash that. All right. So we are going. So moving on, we're going to skip over the uh, best aid digital category unless one of our guests has something they would like to comment on. Yes. Hi everybody. How's it going? My name is Lloyd, and I didn't skip over the best aid accessory district because it's very important. You know that rim space planet generator will literally save you time, effort, and money. You want to have I push a button and get a random planet while playing through your solo space or your fun space or traveler or star forge or whatever. Rim space planet generator has you freaking covered. You push a button. You have a planet. You know what it's like. You know what's on there. You've got to hope for a storyline to get to it. You've got a weird mystery thing to go in. Bam, done, sorted. Every time I play Starforge, that's the button I push. I don't go to that whole like Oracle nonsense. I'm like, why would I bother? Oh, cool. I guess I'm on a gaseous, giant, scorched terrain, standard gravity, moderate atmosphere planet with an unidentified object and a funky story cook about a damaged slit of filtered orbit. What more do I need? It's so convenient. <laughs> it's incredibly useful. Like it's like it's a giant bookmark. It's a genuinely useful online digital tool that is also free. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll uh, you've convinced me. I've bookmarked it. So, oh, and I'm with Lloyd. That's I mean, not to go in the other categories, so we can move on. That's the one I voted for too. It, it is huh? a fantastic site for. For a generator, everything else is just convenient stuff. This one is just mm, chef's kiss. It's a great, legitimately stuff. an accessory that makes your life better. Got it. Right. Yeah. Right. And let's hope it wins because I voted for it too. So, <laughs> 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 all right. So moving on to uh, best aid accessory. This is the non-digital category. Let's start with Scott this time. Oh boy. Okay. Because uh... I know what you want to pick. Yeah, the the Witcher hybrid dice set. Uh, <laughs> that's, I mean, 
you know, who 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 doesn't want another, you That's know, not what I was thinking, guys. but no, I mean, this one's an odd one, uh, just because it's a best aid and accessory, and the one that I voted for was the Book of New Jerusalem, not because it's not, you know, it's great, it is fantastic, but much like the Pelgrim Press accessories, no one uses it. It's a great read, but no one's. It, use it's it. a great read. I have it. I've read it. I've read most of it. It's a great read. Um, it's, a, it's like the Dracula unredacted book that you can't the actual read? book. Yeah, the one you can't read. I mean, it's no no one's going to sit down at the game table and read through the entire uh, Dracula novel as a prop. And same thing with the the Book of New Jerusalem. But um, but yeah, so I, I I just that one just was voted from just I'm familiar with it. Although I was highly tempted to vote for the Ma, uh, which is just a mishmash of a Call of Cthulhu props that you can use. They, they look wonderful. They look fantastic. But I wouldn't know what to do with them because they're specific to the adventure. I'm not familiar with the adventure, so I really couldn't, in Fair. good faith, give give my vote. But yeah, so I it, this one was quite literally just, I know this one, I'm going to vote for it. The other ones, I yeah. All right, Lloyd. Or, or don't care. What's your pick? I'm going to go with Dakuma, the R&D for your RPG. I quit. <laughs> why would I not? What's wrong with that? Okay, so we go to the list and see why we picked that. Okay, let's start from no. the top. Oh, yeah. What is a fucking adventure that I don't know to play and I've no idea I'm going to go for it. So I know it's going to be on there. What is the Book of Jerusalem? Really pretty. No one plays. What is a freaking dice set? I know, right? <laughs> And the other one is expanded character sheet journals that are very pretty that no one's going to use because they're too pretty and no one's going to use it for one character you play. Who's playing Transformers right now, bro? Who's playing Transformers? And it's like, oh, I can't wait to buy a big Transformers box. Who's, put your hand down. <laughs> Who's playing Transformers, bro? I love Literally, Transformers. the best thing on there for this category is the Kuma, the RP, R&D for your RPG. I don't give a damn what you think, and that's how it's going to be. I, I, I'm going I can't to wait to avoid your choice, Keith. What's it going to be? Ooh, can't wait to pick this better character sheets. Ooh, be, before In a game before, I don't play. Ooh. Before Keith, before Keith, you give your vote. I'm going to point out: not only is this the the year of solo games, but uh, Takuma is the first of many, 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 many tarot cards that are going to be sprinkled throughout the other categories. So, all right, Keith, pick your nope, character sheets so first. we can move on. <laughs> James okay. first. Um. <laughs> Well, I'm picking the book of New Jerusalem myself. Um, wow. Just, well, uh, hey, I'm a GM, predominantly not a player. And this book is just a great resource for hooks and for ideas yeah. and just how to move forward through it. It's just, to me, again, I, I make the same argument you make about everything else. You know, the the, the, the dice set, who cares? Um, I don't know enough about the <laughs> mall. Agreed. <laughs> yes. Like the dice set. The dice I'm so sorry, Richard. What is it doing there? I don't. I don't know. <laughs> um, the expanded character sheet journals. I mean, it's like they're finding great character sheets are dime a dozen online. So it's just. I'm sure they're pretty. I don't. I don't. They're again, lovely. they're great books. Yeah, I'm sure they're great. I, I don't care. Um, Decima. I I like the idea of it. I'm not a big fan of of the the pre-creation game kind of thing, so it just didn't appeal to me. But the book of New Jerusalem, I love the the uh, the potential it has for creation as a GM. So that's my angle on it. I can't wait for you to buy it, put it on your shelf, and never open it. <laughs> oh, okay. well, that's ninety percent of my collection. So yeah, whatever. that's ninety percent of all of our collection. So my my <laughs> vote is for easy pick. 
the book of New Jerusalem because I've read most of it. And <laughs> like James said, and and Scott highlighted, you know, it's it's great setting information. It's great for story hooks. It's it's great for the game master. I don't know how well the players will will will, will would take to it. Yeah. Um, that said, it is it is connected to a specific campaign, mm-hmm. but it is generic enough, like some of their other small format books from Pelgrane, uh, that you can use it outside of that campaign. It's connected to the campaign, but it is it has a broader use in in mm-hmm. terms of general information um, that you can you can create add to not create but add to your own stories. Yeah, it's um, but I will before Lloyd comments. I will comment that uh, Dekuma Dekuma or whatever will never get my vote. I'm standing tall on that fucking rock. (laughs) I'd just like to point out and ask. I can't wait till five years time. I ask you all how many games you've played using the book on Jerusalem, and the answer is zero because you put up something when you got a fucking. You can ask me in five years how many games I've uh, I've created or influenced. Do it to spite you now. He's gonna be like, oh my god, it's the Jerusalem in 1927. Oh wait, I don't know anything about that era. All I got this book. Oh no, one's gonna play. Oh, whoops, there goes that game. And you can ask me the same question about Dekuma or Dekuma, whatever it is, and I can tell you that there is a better book that is far cheaper that does so much more than it does and offers that Dekuma is not worth my time or effort. So, oh, but didn't make the Emmys though, did it? <laughs> because it's not a role playing product; it's for story creators, for authors. Oh. So oh, that is that is a hill I will fucking die on, listeners. It's fine. Go, uh, spicy, listen, I'm coming spicy. For okay, I'm coming for all of you. This podcast, every okay. one of you is going down. I said, all right, you, we're moving on. It's going down. Don't you worry. We're going to move on to yet. the best art for in the cover category. So yes, Lloyd, lay it on us. What's your pick? I mean, it's not. It's going to be a pick that's not even like a question to me. Easily, it's going to be Zanadu and Nibiru expansion. I don't even have to try. Every single Nibiru book looks way better than any right to be. They always look good. They are beautiful on the shelves. If you play the games, which I actually do, and I'll just put it on my shelf, guys, please remember that. You would enjoy the books. You would enjoy the cover. You would enjoy the art inside. It is inspirational. It always calls for what it says. And it does what it says in the tin. It makes you know that you're playing a weird, freaking weird and odd game. You don't get what it's about. And the art tells you that you don't know what is going on just from the cover alone. All right, Scott. My vote out of all of these is going to be Blackbirds. And like like Lloyd mentioned, you know, the, with with Xanadu, with the Nibiru, it, it it doesn't tell you what it's about. Well, in, in my opinion, a cover should at least allude to something. What, what am I expecting here? For, for Xanadu, a, a, a giant horse with wings that's made out of metal is waiting for me at the end of a dark tunnel. OK, great. Sounds fantastic. Let's 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 go play this. It's interesting. But but the the other ones are and mind you this is a merit of art too the quality of the art uh, shiver gothic nice it looks okay swords of serpentine is just a generic fantasy you know uh cover and and the the historic arcan arcanum eh, they're all, they don't touch uh, as right, far I gotta, as I got to say since when right. does a skull have a fucking mustache when you paste it on i mean <laughs> i mean haven't you ever dressed up a skull before uh, uh yeah. but, but not since but, last year but proficiency them, wise bro. what the hell proficiency wise are all proficient in art but but blackbirds to me gives me a general idea of what's what's within these pages because of 
you know, the, the, the characters are now on there. The artwork is good, but out of all of these, none of them stand out of like, oh my God, this is a fantastic, you know, the, the artist of this just blew my mind. This is great art. Blackbirds is going to be my pick for that one. All the others are just kind of, eh, they're okay. All right. Uh, I'll throw mine in and then I'll hand it off to you, James. Um, I was on the fence. I love the Xanadu cover. I think it's great. I'm, I'm in agreement with Lloyd on this. It's mysterious. It's beautiful. It's just like the um, the original game's book cover. It's it'll it just hints at what's inside, you know, between the covers. And um, and I was kind of at odds with either Xanadu or Shiver Gothic. Oddly, I like Shiver Gothic. I, I like the cover. I think the lines are good. The coloration's good. But I had to vote for Xanadu. So. James. I'm with you. I think Shiver Gothic is a fantastic cover as well. I mean, mm-hmm. Shout out to the Shiver Boys. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, I think it's it's, it's it's a sleek cover. It's great. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, it's got it. It's and this is this is obvious. It's an homage. It's got a Mike Mignola aesthetic to it. I mean, it does yeah. have yeah. a particular type of style that you can recognize as another popular artist. So it, it does draw I, you in instantly. Yeah. It's it's the best designed of the four, but it's not necessarily the best cover. Um, I'm gonna have to. I'll say that I love Blackbirds as well. I agree with Scott uh, on that. Um, but I, I and and in seeing all the other um, Nibiru um, role playing game covers and, and art, they're spectacular. And that one is by far the the best cover of the of the five for me. So I mean, it's uh, I mean I, I I do like Blackbirds. Um, I, I agree, Swords of the Serpentine. It's just. Uh, I'll even call it boring. It's just, it's uninteresting to me. I mean, it's cool as a concept for a game that you're playing, but the cover, eh. Um, But yeah, Xanadu, Xanadu by far. So now we're going to move on to uh, best interior art. Um, James, lay it on us, brother. My choice was uh, Oz. Um, Although, again, this one, uh, very closely behind, in front of Vassen. Uh, as far as I'm concerned, just because I both think they're both absolutely beautiful. Um, Johan Erkigen's art is absolutely spectacular um, in, in all of its forms. Um, and and the issue I sort of have with this is that Oz, I think, is is also one of the best designed looking books. And this should be in best design and visual design, but it's not, uh, which I think is kind of a sin but regardless um it's just it's a beautiful book it's got simple art and simple layout and it all sort of blends together and i think that's what makes it play for me um i un- yeah that's the one i'm going to vote for and 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 a, and a secondary nod to to, to Vason. okay uh scott all proficient uh just just from the examples alone but my pick is going to be flabbergasted I really love the interior artwork of this book. Be, being a fan of uh, you know, things like troubleshooters and and that kind of that that graphic novel comic book style, the layout from just the example looks fantastic. I like the you know the the details of it. You you know where this game takes place, and it just it just it just appeals to me on a, on a personal level. Nothing against the others. It's all fantastic art. The these was it the seven sinners or whatever superb i love that mm. I, I i don't feel that the artwork is as proficient in oz i do agree with you the layout is 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 great and vason i mean i i love the art of vason but i mean i you know it's just there it's not it's a uh 
it, there's other things that that just appeal to me personally better. And, and mm-hmm. flabbergasted, mm-hmm. I know, I know nothing about the game. I know generally, you know what it is, but I just it just that interior, the interior aspect of it just appeals to me on that on that level that I love so much about other games that 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 have that graphic art style. Okay, Lloyd. I have not seen Seven Sinners Interior, so I will not be able to give an opinion about that. I would like to have seen Seven Sinners Interior to give an opinion about that. But since I don't, my win is going to be flabbergasted. I'm a big fan of consistent art that runs through. I don't like these books with multiple artists all over the place because I feel like it doesn't really tell the same story. Whereas if you have the same few artists doing the book all the way through, it's much nicer to me. I enjoy it more and the art is consistent throughout it. That's mm-hmm. the main reason I like it so much. Okay. But I feel like I have to be honest, I did not see Seven Sinners, so I don't know what it's going to be like. All right. I think set the uh, Seven Sinners has got beautiful art, but that's not my pick this year. Uh, my pick is, a, uh, I'm going to be different than all of you guys, is, um, oh my God, I'm drawing a blank. Incantations. Should be right in front of you. It is. It's in front of me now. <laughs> <laughs> my screen flashed. Uh, and the reason I am picking that is, the the artwork that is represented in the collage layout aside but the artwork that's represented in the collage reminds me of like the the board game Dixit the the where you have these gorgeous art cards that are meant to inspire your creativity and then have your mind start kind of working some ideas uh using the art as influence right and that is what this screams to me um, I can, I don't even need whatever's written on the copy in the copy. I can look at the art that's on the, on the, the three page spreads that we get to look at and just looking at the art, it's very evocative. And I pick up elements in the, in the individual art pieces and it makes my, my mind starts reeling and wondering what, what I can do with it. And I'm finding inspiration with it. So that's why I'm going with that. So we have best cartography is our last graphic category for now. Oh great! Let's let's click on their uh, collage. Yeah, let's everybody. Yeah. Cl- if you're following along, click on the collage link. Oh wait, there is none. <laughs> Lloyd, I which, did uh, wanna... what's your pick, buddy? All right, so this was a bit of a difficult one for me. I I don't want to vote. I, okay, I'm finding it really hard to not vote for Campaign Builder because it contains a literal set of maps. I don't know what to do. I'm really stuck here because I'm like, <laughs> I look at the characters, I'm like. All right, there's two of maps, and then there's just three other ones that have maps in them. And I'm like, what am I voting for for the best category section? <laughs> what am I voting for here? Um, am I voting for best looking maps? Am I voting for maps that work? I'm looking for maps that are consistent. I'm looking for best map creator. I'm looking for best map players. Uh, I know Dark Quest is not on the list because I just can't see it. It's just too much black and white. I'm just genuinely like, I don't. I don't know what I'm voting on. I don't know what to go for. Please help me. I'm going to abstain from this one and let you slot go for it. I'm sorry. I tried. I went, I don't know what I'm looking for. I'm going to hold back. All right, James, what's your, what's your cartography pick? Uh, Clotless. New patch for bleak feather and bone. Um, I, I, again, it's like, I did a, I tried to do as deep a dive I could to find examples of all this stuff. Um, and I could see bits and pieces of Blade Runner and Campaign Builder, the map folio kind of stuff. I didn't see anything of Duck Quest, so I couldn't say anything. Uh, and High Guard. I'm looking at the Duck uh, Quest map right now. No, it's a great lucky map. Lucky you. I didn't like, see it. 
I'm just like, I I can't look at this. Yeah. <laughs> so sorry. Uh, I can't look at this. Claw Atlas for a couple of reasons. It, it's like, I love the style of it. I, I, it. It sort of spoke to me. Just it had its own hand-drawn style. But also the game itself, from what I've gathered, is about uh, populating those maps or creating those yes, maps and giving is. them personality. Um, so I think uh, if you have uh, an already compelling um, map that's created for a game like that, you're doing the game a huge service already. So I, I, for that, that's the thing that sort of put me over the top with that one. Um, and and of these, like like almost of the entire list of all the nominations, um, Beak, Feather, and Bone is one of the most interesting games that I'm getting out of this. It's something I really, really want to check out because of this category. Okay. Scott? Well, this is going to be the first nepotism pick of the evening um for me uh simply because he's going for blade you, runner uh, no no and and mind you i i'm i'm with you with the duck quest one i i did you know some of these you, that you you got to find the map some of them that you can't even see high guard there's no way to see the map maps in those in that in that book unless you own the book um duck quest it, it is an interesting map but it does hit you like an old school map of disneyland it just there's just a <laughs> lot going on. I'm sure it's a wonderful map, and it and it looks like a lot of work was put into that with the with the details and kind of with the the comic aesthetic that's associated with the game. I love the Blade Runner maps, but they're they're proficient maps. They're they're they look just like the Alien maps, and they look just like you know the same. But they're they're still great maps, and they're usable. They're not just something you slap down. They they're designed to function with the game. Uh, with the different areas and how you handle movement in the game. But my vote is going to be High Guard simply because I know a couple of the guys that made that book. So that's okay. I'm, I'm, I'm wanting Fine. them to win just because I want them to to have an award. So I okay. couldn't tell you what the maps look like. Wow. So, okay. Yeah. So mine is going to be what all what you guys are all shitting on is Duck Quest. Um, <laughs> the map. I, I love the map. It reminds me of one of the, like those old... <laughs> video game cloth maps like Ultima 5 but obviously yeah. better graphics it's just got that kind of old aesthetic to it like old video game aesthetic to it I think it's actually really good looking I do uh, I don't think it's overly busy it's kind of got this um, like 2.5 D it's not quite 3 D but it's not quite 2 D appearance I just think all around aesthetically it's, it's nice um, you, but you own the game too right uh, I have the PDF, yes. Okay, yeah. So you, I mean, does it show you where the churl stands are around the park? So you no, know where to no, get them? no, <laughs> and doesn't tell me where like the you know the um, the German pavilion is at Epcot Center either. Right. Okay. Uh, right. But but, yeah. but I'm picking but, that. That's that's my pick. Um, not just because I know the name of the game and I have it, right. but I think of the other ones that I can actually see the maps of or find the maps of or know of personally. I just think this is the most aesthetically pleasing to my eye. Right. But we all are in agreement. This is a category that should also have a collage. Otherwise, oh, yeah. you're not going to be able. I mean, you, there's no way for you to look at High Guard. I mean, Duck Quest, you're <laughs> lucky. If you if you go to Exalted Future Funeral, you click over, you can see the map. But yes. How are you going to vote if you can't see the goddamn maps? Yeah. So. Okay, let's move on to the best electronic book. Now, I will preface this category by saying we had some uh pre-recording conversation about electronic books and some of the this is the one category 
in the uh, the main category for the Ennies for games or books that are only released through like community content programs that can qualify for outside of like um, like uh, best game of the year kind of thing. But generalized categories, this is where they fall. So that and some of these, some of the some of the five that are offered here are also available in hardback, and that's kind of a, a point of contention with some of us. Lloyd, what what is your pick here for best? It's not even a debate, mate. Like it's not even a choice. Now that's not fair because technically I don't enjoy Brindlewood Bay's touch on the cosmic horror side, but I enjoy the amount of stories you can tell based on it, the way it generates and put things down. Also, I know every time I pick a Jason Cordova video with Ed Moscow Trace in here, it makes Scott and you cry. So of course, how would I not? There's no reason not to. Literally to start shit. Just to start shit. Shout out to Coven of Cats. Actually having a VTT connected to everything out there, but I'm picking Brendan with Baker's fuck you. <laughs> and fuck you too, Lloyd. All right, James, what's your pick? I I think my heart wants to say host and hostility, but eh, I'm gonna have to go with Brenderwood Bay as well. Yeah, double All right. baby. All right, Scott. I just like the aesthetic and the look of Coven of Cats. And it does seem to be a true electronic book where it does seem to provide you something more than just a PDF. And it also, if I'm not mistaken, it comes with uh, VTT uh, plugins mm-hmm. for you to, for you to mm-hmm. play. And so it, it is, you know, in this really kind of odd category where it's it's hard to nail down what actually qualifies as an electronic book other than just a PDF. It does seem to provide you a little bit more than just a cheaper, easier way to get an RPG, you know, onto your you know onto your table. So definitely, Coven of the Cats mini campaign. It gets gets my vote. And as far as I'm concerned, there's only three others that I would vote for. Okay. So mine is uh like Lloyd and James, I like Brindlewood Bay. Um, I like the stories that it tells. because uh, I have I have read it, the original pre-Kickstarter version. I have it, I've read it, uh, I've reviewed it, I've enjoyed playing it. And I, I'm not the biggest fan of the the underlying cult mythos rising kind of thing as well i could take that out of the game and it's just a fantastic game without it um i don't know why it's in this goddamn category it is a print book um now just because they can't get it out to backers in a in a timely manner that's not my problem um and that should not be your problem as as consideration for any's but it is but it is a brilliant game absolutely um, but like Scott, I am going to go with uh, Coven of Cats mini campaign. I think it just, I, I don't know, something about it just is really interesting as a game, but also that it is purely electronic book with the VTT element connected to it. And that just within the spirit of the category that appeals to me. And I think it's worthy of winning. Over Brindlewood Bay, which I would be my second pick. So. You know, you How can, do you feel about you, that, Lloyd? I think I am glad that you bowed to your superiors. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Moving on to my, because my superiors say we have to keep moving. Uh, we are going to, unless you guys have. Uh, no, we're not skipping this category. Okay, we're not skipping the best family game and product. No, we are not skipping the category, and I'll tell you why. One of the most important categories in this section should be the best game, family game. There are so many people who play with their kids, 
And there is no way we should skip this category. It's too important to have it to go, hey, this game works really well with children. We should 100% focus on that. Okay. Too many gamers are getting old and having kids yeah. and want to be able to share the hobby with them. We should keep this in. Yeah. Okay. So what is your pick, Lloyd? Um, It's going to be Princess Guard. Now, you might think Lloyd's going to go for Avatar Legends because Lloyd is a giant, you know, giant Brendan Conway fanboy and Lloyd <laughs> will literally kiss the ground that he walks on. But I don't think Avatar Legends is good enough to be played with kids it is just that step too complicated it's a good tv show it's a great adaptation i would not play with younger people it is too much going on with the way it works and what you need to understand whereas princess's god requires literally one die did you go wrong you get to play cool princesses you do cool things you do whole sections of tv shows to support it games will support it everything you need to be there and it's a very small book like i think 70 pages and like that big yeah, for like A5, like, like how could you not? It is exactly mm-hmm. the kind of game you want to play your kids. Yeah, I, I agree 100% with everything you said there right from the beginning to the end. This is an important category. Um, my choice is Color My Quest for much the same reasons. I want. I, I love that barrier to entry for children to be as as thin and easy to, to, to traverse as possible. And it just, it looks like something a little kid who has their crayons and sitting at the table would want to get involved in. And that's, and it's creating that engagement with, with a younger audience that grows our hobby. Um, so that, that would have been my choice. So for, okay. for much the same reasons. All right, Scott. I'm going to go with James on this one uh, as as someone who's, you know, tried to run games for, for younger kids, uh, not only getting them involved in the game, keeping the rules as easy as possible, but also maintaining their attention within the uh-huh. game can be difficult. But with things like color, my quest, it does give them different outlets. You know, they're uh-huh. playing the game, they're coloring, coloring the game. They're, they're, they're making uh, aesthetic choices uh, that aren't necessarily necessarily narrative, but it still keeps, keeps them at their attention and focus. Yeah. And at the end, if you're either playing the game or you end up just have them, you know, coloring the sheet in, you, you win because you 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 you've brought you've you brought them yeah. into the game one way or another, and hopefully, whatever the aesthetic is that you end up doing, it's going to maintain their attention to want to continue with that and eventually branch out. So, I mean, and this this is one of the ones that I think is great because it appeals to those with really younger kids, mm-hmm. uh, you know, those that are below. 10 which is kind of 10 to 12 is the average age where people go oh, they're okay if they play D. but for people who have younger kids that they want to play a role-playing type game that's you know that's not a board game something like this really appeals and this is something that you could buy and have on the shelf uh in an elementary classroom uh and and just have that there for you know for for the use of educators on top of it all with without ha- them having to be aware of what a role-playing game is okay I would uh, I would say they're all good options with the exception of Avatar. I agree with Lloyd. I think it's a little too advanced for playing with a broad spectrum of children. I could see like playing it with like a 12 or 13 year old, but you, you get any younger than that. I think it's it gets a little too it's a little too robust of a game mm-hmm. um, of the other four options. They're all really good. I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on a on a recommendation or, or my pick because I think they're all they're all good. They all appeal to that like under twelve crowd, um, like Horseshoe Academy and uh, Princess Guard looks really cool. I mean, Goblins, Color My Quest, they all look really good, but I just don't know 
because I don't game with younger kids anymore. So I don't know what's what's appealing to them anymore. So I, I'm gonna I'm gonna pass on making a prediction. Okay. Fair. Next category: uh, best free game and pro- or product. Scott. Well, this is one that I didn't really look at. Um, so it it it's 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 interesting. Some some of these choices here I'm familiar with, but and others I don't know. This this honestly would be one that I feel like I really couldn't make a pick. Okay. Uh, but I mean I am familiar with the games. I mean S- Stranded, uh, by Mongoose Publishing. That is a traveler game. Uh, and as far as I'm concerned, most of the free stuff that comes for Traveler is good. Uh, and the other one being Root. Um, and as long as the you know the the free game that comes with Root uh, doesn't come with a horrible trashy tote bag, uh, I think you're <laughs> you win win win. Yes. So I, I think I, I'm going to abstain from this one because I, okay. I didn't even I didn't even actually vote uh, in this category when I did okay. my vote. So fair, uh, Lloyd. Yo, dog, gonna be that talent hill, yo. I'm not even a joke. Are you kidding me? Every one of these that have come out have been fantastic. Every single one has been a great help. They come with adventure, they come with pre-gens, they are free. It's like a whole the whole game is in the book. How can you not have this? It's so convenient. Every single year at UK Games Expo at Games on Demand, I run a different version of these months, and I've had a different one every year, and they've always been stellar. New characters, new new things to use, can't go wrong with it. Although, shout out to Exclusion from Bodness, a sketching and drawing game. Carry on. Okay. James, what's your pick? Um, I had to go through them and say, well, which one do I want to play? Um, and, and then level that against level one. Um, I most want to play Stranded, because that sounds like a really fun adventure, a fun game. I don't know how good a, an introduction to... to uh, uh, to traveler it is so i can't really say but level one the anthology there's just so much content in there and and so much stuff along the fringes you can't help but but give it a shout out to this these are the people that that are that are on the fringes and on 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 the vanguard of of what the next step of rpgs may be so they i think they need uh, they need the attention for that and they deserve the attention for that Okay. So I'll, I'll say it's a tie between those two for those two different reasons. All right. I'm in Lloyd's camp root. I'm a, I'm a root fanboy. I think the, the, the quick starts they put out every year for free RPG day are, it's a condensed version of the rules, literally a quick start with the pregens, with a, with a clearing to play with lots of options. And it gives you literally bang for your buck, which is no money. So all the other stuff is good, but I think Root takes the cake on this. One. All right, listeners, I think we're going to take a, a quick breather for an audio break for you to listen to one of our fantastic ads. Womp, womp, womp. Hello, listeners. Scott here, and I hope you are enjoying this episode of Titter Pigs. Do you know that we're now monetized on Spotify? That's right. For as little as 99 cents a month, you can help sustain future episodes and other special events. All you need to do is go to our Spotify homepage, click the About section, and there you will find the support link, or click the link in the description. Know that Keith and I really appreciate any support we get from our listeners, no matter if it's a bit of pocket change or simply sharing titter pigs with other people. And now, back to the episode.
All right, listeners, we're back. We're going to jump right into the best game category. Boy, lay it on us, my friend. Why don't you ever go first? You want me to go first? Fine. (laughs) Yeah, go first. I'm going to go first. Uh, I am going to pick um, trophy. I've read, (gasps) I've read, I've read trophy gold (laughs) and I've skimmed trophy dark and I find it an intriguing game. You get a lot of bang for your buck in the physical book. There's just tons and tons of scenarios. So that's why it's my pick. Considering the categories here, my pick is going to be Fabula Ultima. Uh, just, be- <gasps> just because of the the aesthetic. Uh, I am a giant JRPG fan. Uh, okay. I, I've, I played, you know, I grew up on those games. Those are the ones that I primarily played when I uh, when I wasn't playing role-playing games. You know, during during certain aspects of downtime, even before I started playing role-playing games. Uh, I love the, the aesthetic. I love JRPGs. And, uh, you know, perusing through this book, it, it looks fantastic. It is dense, though. Um, it is something that I don't know I would like to try at some point. But, uh, but, uh, but you know, with that, there's uh, there, it's, there seems to be a run of these type of games that are coming out. There's, there's the new one uh, that I forget what it's called. But I, it, Fabula Ultima uh, has, has my pick. All right. Lloyd, what do you got? All right, so this is a tough category for me because I've played four out of the five games on this list. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to actually sit back and go for a wild shot, and I'm actually going to pick Passion de les Passiones oh, for my yeah. choice. Like, there was, like, it's so hard to pick a company. I've played all the games. I'm loving Fabla Ultima. I think Trophy G is a god-tier game and will give you bang for your buck. But I gotta go with a classic like Mark Des Truman and Brandon Leon Gamble have been working this game for fucking years. It's hit the shops. It's finally done. It is beautiful and also my Mac Magpie Vanboy. So I gotta pick the one. I gotta pick baby. That's all right. Is. All right, that's fair, James. Yep. Um, I, I'm with Scott here. I'm gonna go with Fabulous Ultima. Um, I, I get. I grew up with playing these video games, um, like the Final Fantasy and stuff like that, and and like Final Fantasy one is still my favorite Final Fantasy game and as much as people are like, oh, Final Fantasy 7, blah, blah, blah. Um, I think it captures that aesthetic. It captures the feel of playing that game on a table instead. Uh, it's 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 fantastic. It's brilliant. And like I said, yeah, it is dense. There's a lot in there. Um, uh, but hopefully that doesn't keep too many people from checking it out because it's it's absolutely fabulous. What, what is right, Lloyd, Lloyd holding up? Lloyd um, this is the quick starts, which is only that big. And oh, it's all you need mm-hmm. to get. That's How many pages is start. that, Lloyd? Because listen, uh, that can't is see like, the picture. That is that is, the quick start is like, oh god, do you have a page number? It is 50 pages. Oh, but a quick fantastic. Start. Also, have any people actually played Fabla Ultima? I have no. not, so no. I might, I'm the only one that's actually played it. Okay, cool. <laughs> I was like, guys, guys, you gotta play the game first on this one. This one, you gotta play the game first, y'all. That's fair. I love it. I also love Break, which I don't know what you're talking about. Can't wait for it. Don't want to talk about it right now. Let's move on. Okay. We're gonna move on to best layout and design. So, James, what's your pick? Um, uh, Oz, but it's not here, so I guess not. <laughs> then you don't Can't count. Right. <laughs> exactly. Um, I, I'm gonna have to say, uh, I'm gonna have to say Eldritch Overload. Um, looking at it, it's it's beautiful, it's colorful, and I'm not somebody who likes uh, tarot deck mechanics and games stuff like that. But as it's just a pure visual experience, that tarot deck is absolutely spectacular. It is beautiful. 
Um, okay. and, and there was a lot of care that went into, because uh, not only just, just individual pictures, but the entire breadth of the entire deck is just, it, it's smashing. It's smashing. It's just amazing. Okay, that's fair. Um, I'm going to jump in here, and I am going to go with Frontier Scum. It Reading it, I own it. Reading it, it looks like I'm skimming through an old Sears and Roebuck catalog from like, you know, 1927 or whatever. I just love that aesthetic. I grew up in a in a family of antique dealers. Uh, I just I I love it. I love the visual appeal to it. I think the design and the layout of it's fantastic. Lloyd, I'm also gonna frontier scum because the video where they open page by page, and I was like, okay, that's kind of hot. Every page <laughs> looks fantastic. Really good. <laughs> yeah. The page page open up. I was like, you know what? Out of all the games here, the one I can see the easiest one is you. You're going to get my vote. Just like that, baby. I'm going to give it to you. Best layout. It is a really cool looking layout book. Yeah. I didn't think it was going to be that way, but I, I was like watching it. I was going, the fuck is this? I was this pleasantly surprised when it showed up and when I ordered it on a whim. And I didn't know it had that kind of aesthetic to it. And it, it I mean, it just grabbed me. I love it. Scott, what's your pick? Oh, it's going to be Frontier Scum uh, for, so. for, for, for all the same reasons. Now, mind you, my 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 second pick, if Frontier Scum wasn't here, it would have been Blade Runner uh, just because more so for the the design, less for the layout aesthetic. Uh -huh. But uh, it, it does it doesn't. It's another good job of them capturing uh, that particular aesthetic of, of of a game like they've done with Aliens. Right. Uh, and and it's 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 a good one. But yeah, no Frontier Scum layout and and every little bit in there is not just there for it to look pretty it's it's part of the game you can pull yeah. little little bits and pieces from that and utilize it within the game so oh yeah all right so we were intending to skip over the best monster adversary uh but for our guests do you guys have any any comment on that on that category that one we're just happy to skip because i'm useless yeah. at that I'm all not, right cool I, we're I gonna skip over that one listeners yeah we're also going to skip over best line, uh, best online content because that is blogs, and you know, just assessing blogs is so super subject, uh, subjective. Subjective, unless unless Lloyd or James has some like burning. I mean, I'm going to pick TTRPG kids no matter what. So, okay, uh, I'll sh I'll shout out Linda Kodega's uh, RPG reporting just because of the impact that it had on role playing games as a whole this year. Um, okay. Although you could you could also say that that's just Wizards of the Coast's part. She just managed to to jump on it, but uh, but yeah. Fair. All right, so let's move on to best organized play. So these all appear to be scenarios for organized play programs. Lloyd, you got any any thoughts? Honestly, this is a, one of the toughest categories for me to go through. I think out of everything that I had to see on that list, I could not make a decision as to what I wanted. I'm going to okay. abstain from this section. All right. Scott. Again, but probably for different reasons, not because I, I, I can't choose. I just don't feel it's fair because I'm not familiar with any one of these. I don't necessarily watch online actual plays unless unless it's people that I know. So, but that's okay. that's it. Yeah, Lloyd, go ahead. It's not actual plays. It's, it's organized play. This oh, would be play. like uh, D and D Adventure League, Pathfinder Society. Oh, uh, got it, got it, got it. Okay, that's so, why I'm so, like, I, I so, can't give a general opinion about. So this. there you go, there you go. I mean, even even not understanding the category, it, it wouldn't be fair for me to pick any of those. I'm right. just not familiar with it. Not not my wheelhouse. So, and I'm abstaining just because I don't play in actual play programs, and it's not fair for me to to cast a vote 
for something and predict something because I don't play these scenarios. I don't read them. It's just not my wheelhouse. James? Yeah, I'd have to say the same thing about as as all three of you, essentially. Um, I'm not familiar with any of these things. I don't do organized play. Uh, I I feel bad making any recommendation of any sort of any of these. I'm sure they're all fantastic, but yeah. All right, let's let's go on to our uh, number one contentious category for the year: best podcast. Since we're not oh. going to discuss what a podcast is, we did that at the top of the show. <laughs> all right, done so, that, yeah. so listen, listen, Lloyd. Listen, listen. There is no reason why we're not all going to vote for Seth Kakowski, even <laughs> if. <laughs> right. like, let's wait. listen. We're all voting for it. Let's just say it and just move on. All right. right? I mean, yeah, that. pretty much. <laughs> I'm Seth is the man. I, I, <laughs> yeah, we're done. We're not gonna pretend. Well, we argue that he doesn't need to do this category. I mean, we're still voting for him. E- it's just the way it is. All right. If, okay. Even if Seth accidentally got put into like best cartography, it'd be like, I mean, those maps are nice, <laughs> but we're gonna we're vote, vote for, for Seth. Because right? like, that's how it is. <laughs> that's how it is. I don't. I'm like, there's no way we're not all voting for him. We don't even care anymore. <laughs> right. I'm sorry, Seth. <laughs> it's just how it is. Now, congratulations and your podcast. All right. So right. Seth gets a unanimous vote from the four of us. We're moving on. <laughs> Right. Um, best production values. Um, I'll I'll throw in here first. Um, I've only looked at a couple of these in in their physical state. For me, it was a toss up between the two that I've really looked at in the past, which was the Blackbirds, the Servant of the Gods edition, which is their super ultra deluxe version, and Empire uh, Warhammer Fantasy Roleplaying Empire Within Empire and the Ruins Collector's Edition. Both are gorgeous, and I voted for Blackbirds. I just think aesthetically throughout, from cover to cover, it just hits all the points for me. Uh, James? Uh, Blackbirds as well. Same reasons. Okay. It's, just, it's just beautiful, and it's well put together. Yeah. It, you know, it didn't feel like there was any expense spared, which is sort of what you're looking for with the best production values. Right. Scott? I'm going to go with the ones because I, I don't own any of these, uh, but the the one that I looked at the most that I kept going back to time and time again was household. Uh, just just not based upon the, you know, the idea of the game, but also just just looking at it, that the the production alone, even when if I wasn't familiar with it, would have drawn me in instantly. Okay. Uh, and just and on top of that, the idea of the game, you know, essentially the borrowers, so to speak, or the littles right. here in the States. Uh, you know, uh, tickles that nostalgia thing and just the idea of you know, little people living in the real world, making the way through the okay. world today takes everything you got. All right. Uh, uh, uh. <laughs> I like to get away. Um, <laughs> so there right. is no universe where I'm going to vote for Warhammer Fantasy Roleplay for a collected edition of an adventure I'm never going to play. Not going to happen. So get right. it. But I will tell you my choice. It was really difficult to choose between household and die. I thought household looked incredible, but mm-hmm. you got to support your boys. So Rowan, right. Rook, and Deckard had my vote. There goes Die Dear Role Playing Game Special Edition. It is a beautiful leather case book. I'm hoping to pick one up. I'm going to get my book signed when it comes up. It's mm-hmm. Karen Gillian. So it's an you know, friend of the show, English favorite. Gotta go, we gotta go. It's, 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 the game is beautiful. The production values are beautiful. So much work went into that. Kieran's mind is warped enough that you want the book to look exactly the way you want the game to play. And that's exactly what you get for that. Right. Yeah, see, I couldn't vote for it in good faith just because I've read the comics, most of the comics up to present, which are fantastic. So listeners, if you haven't read them, go go, go read them. 
I, I just don't own the game. I don't own the PDF. I didn't back the Kickstarter. So unfortunately, I just don't know enough about it. And especially the special edition to, to cast a vote on it. So, all right, we are going to, unless our guests have like, a, a again, a, a burning comment, we're going to skip over best RPG related oh. product. No. Um, <laughs> um, Lloyd? Uh, Improv for Gamers, second edition by Evil Hat Productions. We um, need more books that are not just, oh, Here's a role-playing game. They're like, hey, do you want to read some book about how to figure out how to make improv work? We don't have anything like that. Why would you not put that out? Not be a good thing in the category. That's a great category book. Mm -hmm. It's not a plushie. I mean, shout out to Metal Weave Games with cheap plushie. Just a heads up. That is not a plushie. But but to be fair, that is literally the only game, uh, the only product in this category that fits the category. The other things, the plushie doesn't fit. I'm sorry. The plushie is not a game a number two pencil is rpg related yeah and so is a uh, piece of fucking paper but the other thing is <laughs> no, like fable makers <laughs> animated tarot box set that's an accessory that belongs in a different category it's not rpg related it's an accessory <laughs> for a game this, this is where the the categories start getting wonky and that's the, that's the fourth tarot card box set. Yeah, that's, I know. Um, There's this running theme this year. I know. Tarot bitches. I love tarot, tarot cards, bitches. guys. For the record, I have like three decks of tarot cards. Like, for real. Right. I love them. I, okay, so... I mean, it's the so, only person who's voted for a tarot game in this uh, production so far. Uh, yeah, I, this this was one Lloyd where I just too. voted for it. But go, go ahead, Lloyd. Um, so the next category is coming on and all your options, but your choices better be exactly the same or I will walk off this podcast. All right. So let's go to that category. Best rules. Lloyd, Lloyd do you want to go first or last? <laughs> you know what? I'm completely unbiased when I say that Rivers London role-playing game is the best rules game on the list. Easily unbiased on a single choice. Nothing in there even comes close to how good that is. Oh, Rivers of not- London is there. Oops. <laughs> Fucking bitch. <laughs> Oh my you god. Fucking all, bitch. Although Lloyd, are you on the website? I am lit. My name is literally it's there. Right there. Okay. Okay. Is, so, is, is it there? there? Is it there? It, it is there. there. It is there. It is. But it's literally but it's there. <laughs> Lo- the, the, the only reason you invited me on the podcast. I had to actually <laughs> win a, become an Emmy nominator before you put me on a goddamn podcast. Isn't that the only reason I'm here? Okay. Uh, all right. So Lloyd, are, are you abstaining from this category since you are one of the writers of no, one of the products. No, yeah. no, no. Okay. I am telling you, you go this first is the or last choice, and you're all gonna choose it. Yeah, Rivers right? of London. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Sure. I'm gonna I'm gonna be divergent here. Motherfucker, um, I'm coming for your soul. <laughs> I'm gonna be divergent. My vote, my pick is my number one pick is trophy. My number two pick is Rivers of London. Um you're dead to me. I'm sorry. I don't get me wrong. Rivers of London is a brilliant game. It's not too far, too far from its roots of Call of Cthulhu BRP as a whole, but trophy is just unique. It's fun. It's you get a lot of bang for your buck. It's not dense rules and it's super simple. It's just to me, it's got a little bit more going for it, but it was I was neck and neck on what I wanted to choose. Okay. And I'm dead to Lloyd, so this podcast is over. <laughs> I'm signing off, everybody. Goodbye. All right, Scott. The other two won't let me down, right? Oh, boys? again, number two nepotism pick. Uh, I Out of all the wonderful people in there, like, you know, Ben Aronovich, Graham Barber, Paul Fricker, Layad Guyon. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Anise, can you fix that, please? Um, yeah, I mean, again, the the... 
this is part merit, but part, hey, this is this is my friend and this is, you know, the, I'm going to go with that. And but the but the other the other thing I'm going to add is, is it is the only one out of these that I've read. Uh, so the other ones, oh, okay. I really couldn't tell you if these rules are good or not. Uh, I mean, fair. well, I'm going to back back up a minute because, you know, these are all core rule books except Highgard. Uh, Highgard's a supplement. It's not a rule set. It's just supplemental rules for Traveler. Now, mind I think you, they just that put was, it in the wrong category. We'll just skip Highgard. It's not but that. That's that's that's, that's my second pick because, again, for nepotism, because I know some people on that also. I'm sorry. There you go. So I mean, it's it's the other ones could be fine rules, but I'm just not aware of them. But um, but yeah. So that's that's it. Nepotism for the win. Yeah. All right, James. Um, I'm I'm probably in the same boat as uh as Keith. Uh, I'm kind of vacillating between Trophy and Rivers of London, but I'm going to have to go with Rivers of London just because I love, I, I do think the rules are pretty, they're just good right out, right out the gate. And it just, it's, it's, it's the best one on the list. So, and okay. and for listen for listeners, the new podcast will be Titter Pigs with Lloyd and Scott <laughs> from here on out. <laughs> I, yeah, because um, Keith's I, dead. I, all right, Lloyd, lay it on us, brother. Right. I hate to say this. Like, I can't. <laughs> I hate that I'm having to vote for a like a basic role play RPG just because my name is on it. <laughs> I hate, I hate, don't, I hate, don't feel bad. Don't abstain. Abstain. I can't. No, I can't. My name is on there. I got to vote. It's I fine. It's All right, fine. so Lloyd's vote is for Rivers of London, not because he's in the book <laughs> or anything, but because it's fantastic. All right, <sighs> moving on to best setting. Um, James, uh, what's your pick, my friend? Vason. I just love Vason too much. Okay. Uh, I, I've heard I've heard amazing things about Swords of the Serpentine in that it's it's one of the most fantastic settings uh, ever created. Um, I, I like the feel of Shiver Gothic. Uh, I don't know enough about Drakenhall and I don't know enough about Vermin 2047, but I'm just absolutely in love with Basin. It's, okay. it's about that simple for me. Fair. Scott? Um, it's going to be Swords of the Serpentine for me, uh, primarily because I'm reading it. And it, 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 it definitely is drawing me into the setting. I, I do love the, the Mythic Britain in Ireland. Uh, it has a special place in my heart, and I think it is in itself a great setting. Personally speaking, I don't feel that it, it gives enough to essentially, you know, leave the Norwegian lands of traditional Vasin and go there. It almost seems like a detour. Now, if they continue to build upon it, that'd be great. I was under the impression when the when I backed this that Seasons of the Mist, which was part of it, was was a set of adventures for it. Turns out it's not. That's for more in in uh in the traditional setting of Vason, but yeah. uh but yes i just swords of the serpentine is definitely drawing me in that even if i never played with the gumshoe rules for sword and sorcery the city itself is 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 a wonderfully evocative setting that can be used for anything okay so. mm -hmm. all right lloyd uh drakenhall city of monsters even now to today we are still getting 38 supplements and 13 days from those games that is eventually going to get second edition, but until then, still stands at the time as a great role playing game system to use for most of the games you're playing. At. It came out around the fourth ed era, it is essentially, if you ask me, pre fifth ed 
and definitely works better for it by just existing as it is. And to be honest, it was either going to be that or I'd be forced to vote for Swords of the Serpentine. And if you think I'm going to vote for a gumshoe game, you've got another thing coming. <laughs> All right. So I was, I love Vazen. I'm, I'm not shy about my, my love for Vazen. Um, I've been sporadically reading Swords of the Serpentine. That is a big, huge, dense book. Um, and I've skimmed uh, Shiver Gothic, Secrets of uh, Spirehome recently and when i cast my official votes um i went for what i've read of both of the, the two latter books i went for shiver gothic i just think it's very evocative it's rich it's it it just really further embodies what the original game is all about and the type of stories with new themes now obviously the gothic theme i just think it's good that was my vote my number two uh you know was swords of the serpentine all right best supplement got into the sess and citadel um okay i i love the uh into the weird and wild uh i i picked this one up into the weird and wild is a system agnostic agnostic setting dealing with the weird aspects of of traveling through the wilds and and the forests and and the um you know in, in different aspects of that this focuses on the city aesthetic the 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 urban fantasy aesthetic and i i think it's it, it it just provides an, an enormous amount of detail information that you can use in just about any setting. And it just, it, it's a beautiful book and it just, just the, again, the writing just, just draws you right in and you can pick and choose, but it, it is, it is a wonderful read from beginning to end. Okay. Lloyd, what's your pick? Roll and play the sci-fi character kick. Um, I'm doing a lot of gaming around sci-fi cloud games because one, I'm preparing myself to play more of Citizen Sleeper and two, I'm doing it through Star Forge. So I have two Star Forge games going right now. I have one where I'm playing in a Star Wars world and one I'm playing in the Citizen Sleeper world and I need something that can just make me characters immediately with good backgrounds, good styles without me thinking about it and it doesn't go wrong with that. Extra supplements are always good. The book itself physically is like a brain binder game so you just flip all the way through it. Just too handy. Can't go wrong with it. Okay. Uh, James? Uh, I'm going to say Barkeep on the Borderlands. And oh, as a caveat, I'm, I'm not <laughs> I'm not familiar with most of these. Um, so I had to look at them in terms of how I'd want to be able to use them. Uh, Barkeep on the Borderlands, 20 bars, a whole bunch of NPCs. Uh, and, and I believe there is also a campaign within it. It's like a bar yeah. call campaign. That yeah. sounds like a lot of fun. That sounds like a, a bunch of really good nights of gaming. And to boot, it's just a good thing that I can use to supplement my own games if I need. Uh, I, I like I like the whole the whole the whole aesthetic and the whole idea of it. I mean, how many of us have started off uh, a gaming session, fantasy gaming session, in a bar? Um, maybe a few times. Maybe, maybe. yeah, maybe. exactly. Yeah. Maybe um, so. Silver so, platter so, in anybody? A, can yeah. a cantina, maybe, but. <laughs> <laughs> All right, and I and I cast my vote for um, into the cess in the citadel. Very from very much the same reasons as you, Scott. I just think its adaptability, its usability is because it's system agnostic. I I can apply it and use it in a variety of game settings. There's just I mean, it's like 288 pages of content for not much money for the digital book. And how can you not like a game that tells you right in its elevator pitch? This city eats people. Never forget that. I mean, I'm just saying. <laughs> so it's got something going for it. 
All right, we're down to our last two categories. We got best writing followed by product of the year. So let's talk about best writing. Lloyd. Okay. This category is a little bit wild for me. So bear with. Mm -hmm. I'm going to put my money down on the Wild Sea RPG. Simply put, the world is covered in freaking trees. They're grown everywhere. There is no sea. There is nothing else but trees. And you move along them on, on things that break the trees and surf the top of the surfaces to go to smaller mounds for there. It is weird. It is wacky. It is wrong. And it is written so fucking beautifully. <laughs> Everything you have in the game evokes a new memory for you to figure out what it means when you see it. The little, like, think trinkets that you have can change the way you change perspective in the game that's being played because it only means whatever it means to you during that game at that time. A string of lacuna beads could be a thing you fashion on your neck to glow to keep the spores away, or it could be a treasure given to you by a former lover that you trade for another not to get them on your side. That's what makes RSRPG probably get, get best writing for me on that list. Also, I would rather die than put a country game on there. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll, I'll throw my vote in. Um, this was tough for me. Uh, I've I've looked at three of the five books I own. I own three of the five books, and I've looked at all three of those, and they're all very well written, and they're all evocative. But I am I'm in Lloyd's camp on the Wild CRPG. I just think it's everything about it is so well written. It's so from beginning to you know just do character creation, setting. I mean, everything is just so evocative. Not to mention the art, the layout, the, the mechanics, but but just as best writing, it is so well written. Um, not not to say that the other four are not well written products because they are, but I think for me it's the Wild Sea, uh, Scott. So this one's a tough one. Uh, this is this is going to be my fourth nepotism vote. Uh, not based upon my actual choice, but because you know of. Uh, our friend Tim Gray, he's the you know editing of the Sword of the Serpentine, and I'm not going to go into why. We have already spoke about it. But if Tim wasn't in this category, it would be the Book of New Jerusalem, uh, because not only is the writing superb dealing with with the setting, out of all of these, it's something that you can actually just sit down and read for enjoyment purposes only. Uh, combine that with the Book of Smoke, and you you, you do have yourself almost like a novel, so to speak, that you can just yeah. sit down and read it. Yeah, that is and, true. And, and and the pluses are, yeah, you can pull from it and use in the game. But even if you never are playing this game, you can enjoy it for what it is without it, you know, having any sort of gaming aesthetic that you want to use it for. But because Tim's a friend, I'm voting for Swords of the Serpentine. Okay, fair. Uh, James, um, I think uh, my my criteria is kind of the same as Scott's. Um, I, I look at book of new jerusalem and it's it's a book that is about its writing um it, it's meant to be read uh as as a as a thing that's meant to be read well not that a gaming book isn't i'm just gonna shut up about that um but i also want to kind of shed some light on osprey games have been putting out some really solid stuff and grand mechanismo is a really solid game and is and it really kind of uh it it feels like the setting that it's trying to write for. Um, but between the two, I definitely say 
book of New Jerusalem. All right, so that takes... Before you continue, I right. feel you should have a shout-out to Osprey Games, who in the last four to five years have really stepped up to join the RPG community. Mm-hmm. I Absolutely. feel that their games have really come out of nowhere and just made massive sleeps in the industry and have changed the game as it is. They make small role-playing books, but usually those books are fucking incredible. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. Right. I'm ready for the last category now. All right. <laughs> just before we move on, I just want to say I concur with with Lloyd's sentiment there. I think we all do as a group. Yes. Um, that Osprey Games, the role-playing division, has really come into their own yeah. and is 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 bringing it. Um, yeah. Of all the ones that I've looked at, I haven't looked at all of them, but the ones that I've looked at have been good with – what there was one particular one I didn't particularly care for, the way that it tells stories, but it's not to say that it was poorly written or poorly laid out or anything like that. It just – I it didn't appeal to me, but – it, it, it apparently it's appealing to other people and that's great but they have really amped you know run up their game and they are bringing mm-hmm. it to the table every time they put out a new book so all right last category product of the year <laughs> so this one has what is this 10 10 options to pick from instead of the standard five so james hit us with your product of the year okay well as people have heard me i've i've, I've been you know shouting bassing from the uh the rooftops every time i get a chance but it's not going to be my choice um okay they gasp uh-huh um and i love fabula ultima and i think it does it does a lot of really cool things but i think i think the the most solid and and the best put together uh game and best product uh is rivers of london and it has nothing to do with you lloyd i'm sorry uh, but it's <laughs> just shit. an amazing game. It's just it's 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 the one that deserves to be on the top. I mean, Journey Through the Radiant, Radiant Citadel. Um, yeah, it's probably going to have numbers behind it. But uh, Rivers of London, I think uh, there's just more care to what they wanted to create based on uh, on Ben's original stories. I think yeah. that is I think that is our our, our 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 diamond in this list. All right, Lloyd. Which I am abstaining from this voice, this choice, because <laughs> this is an actual choice that I'm like, I cannot force people to pick a game for the best product of the year. Okay. As such, I will be abstaining from this vote. All right. Uh, I'll go next, and Scott, I'll let you uh, let you. Have and if you judge, the choices are not Rivers of London, I will disown you. Okay, carry on. <laughs> okay. So I would love to see, and it's not here, but unfortunately, or unfortunately, it's not here. I would have loved to have seen the Wild Sea here. I think it's a fantastic game. I think I, I like everything about it. But of my options here, I think overall, I'm going to go with what I've been going with trophy. I just think there's just so much bang for the buck and it's simple rules. It's easy to get into and it tells pretty good stories. So you you, you are aware Cordova is not coming back on the podcast, right? I don't give a <laughs> shit if Cordova comes on the fucking podcast or not. Um, I like to point out that one, uh, yes, trophy is fantastic, and two, I'm pretty sure it's going to sweep this year. I am really? pretty confident most of the categories that a trophy is in is probably going to cover it because I think a lot of people would have played it because it's very easy to get into, and it'd have been like this yeah. game is generally solid. It is a generally solid game. Yeah, and that's why I think it, it's if no other category, 
I, I think it's worthy of being in this category and being is a real contender for this category. All right, also, Scott. I know that picking these choices makes Scott even redder, so get fucked. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I wish I knew more about a, a lot of these games in this category. Uh, I mean, I, I'm with James. You know, Fabula Ultima looks like a good game. I haven't played it. Um, but I'm going to give you 15 reasons why I believe Tarot and Codex. No, never mind. Uh, but. <laughs> And likewise, household. Uh, I, I do have maybe a good feeling that if if I had spent if I had played and spent some time with household, that might be my pick. It just it just I need to get that game. Um, but for the most part, for all the same reasons that that, that James stated, it's going to be Rivers of London, the role playing game. Um, it 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 is it is a wonderful book. It's well put together. It has been a long time coming, and you can tell that the care and effort to portray this very popular world that uh, Ben Aronovich has created, that it does display that, which, which is a crapshoot when it comes to intellectual IPs like that. Mm -hmm. Uh, Some games pull it off. Some, you just, you know, it looks like a car wrap around a set of rules and you're just not experiencing what you experienced when you read these books or read that comic book or saw that movie. Uh, right. this, this, this one definitely, uh, provides that aesthetic that yes, I, I'm not playing at the, the game I'm playing in that world. So, yeah. All right. Exactly. So that wraps us up for our, any picks for this year, um, rolling out of this segment, um, Lloyd James, thank you from the bottom of my heart for being on the show and giving us your informed and insightful opinions and look i'm not gonna have to go to a duel tomorrow at high noon and lose my life so this is good have you been listening to your own podcast (laughs) no (laughs) but thank you guys i I really appreciate you coming you know coming on the show taking time out of your day this is one of our longer episodes every year and and hanging out with us and doing this yes oh it was it was awesome thank you for inviting us you're welcome. Well, I uh, speak for myself. Lloyd can speak. Yes, for I'm about to say you don't speak for me, son. <laughs> don't speak for me. Don't speak for me. I came on this public and got abuse for it. Don't speak for me. I think that you have a great little category there. And I'm really glad I was able to brighten up your day by being a host on here, even though it's taken well over a year since you started to invite me and you invited all my other friends. <laughs> and I barely managed to get in a category. That's fine. You only, I only have to like freaking join the Emmys to get invited. But it's okay. Don't worry about it. I'm over wow. that. It's all, it's all good, baby. It's all good. I feel like well, those shots at noon just got fired. Well, <laughs> and likewise, James, thank you so much. Uh, Loyad, uh, thank you for uh, appearing. Too. Loyad Gian, yeah, uh, but but no, this this has been fantastic, and definitely, definitely, definitely going to have both of you back on the the show again, whether you're going to be nominated for an any or not. Uh, the the insight that you you, you two both of you provide is priceless. So, well, thank See you. In like two years. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So, well, listeners, I hope you I hope you enjoyed this episode. Uh, look for look for more to come soon. Uh, and with that, I think we will ride off out into, out into the sunset, and maybe some of us might change our votes. Uh, take care, everyone. Cheers, everybody. Bye bye. Get out.
Hey, Titter Pigs fam. Just a quick reminder, we do have our Patreon going on. It's patreon.com slash titterpigs. You can show your support there. We have two tiers for you, a $3 and a $6 tier. So show us some love and be part of our growing community. And speaking of our growing community, I'd like to give a shout out to our current patrons. Thank you so much to Dr. Mitch, Jason Sheets, Bud's RPG Review, Dwayne Costa, William Payne, Lupus Malum, Salt Heart, and Patrick Mullen. 